What's up, you guys? This is Esseline Rivers. This is Jermaine Rivers. And we are so excited. We're going to be talking about love, marriage, soulmates, relationships, millennial love, Black love. And we're so excited. We're going to be on the episode with Millennial Her. And we're super excited. Catch us on the episode. We got all these things we want in a man. A list of things. He got to be tall. He got to be dark. He got to be handsome. He got to have pretty teeth. He got to be a family man. He got to be financially stable. He got to be rich. He got to be successful. He got to be all these things. And we ain't even have the things on that list. You are now tuned in to Melanie Hurt. Melanie Hurt. You are now tuned in to Melanie Hurt. Tuned in to Melanie Hurt Podcast. Melanie Hurt. You are now tuned in to Melanie Hurt Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Hurt Podcast. We brought back our adulting series. This is part three. Um, the previous parts have been on our other seasons. You can check that out. But we're talking all things relationship, love, soulmates, the weight. Yes. Um, yes. We're yes. Tra- <laughs> we are mentioning a few things, but like Cheryl said, um, adulting part three, we're talking about relationships. Um, uh, adulting part one and two was on season two. Uh, we had adulting series on. We had Michael Bradley on. What was it? Cream? Um, cream, cashews, everything around me. Yeah, she came up with the acronym. I love it, but I can't remember <laughs> what now, it Wu-Tang was. Now, Wu-Tang came up with the acronym, but he was um, just dropping gems on credit repair and then prior... Um, Kiwan in the adulting series yeah. YouTube they were talking about parenting and just growing up and becoming an official adult but you could catch all of those episodes on the millennieherpodcast.com our website millennieher.com and also uh, while we're at it you can definitely become a very invested supporter of TMP okay. by uh, sub, uh, subscribing yeah. to our YouTube channel our Facebook all of our social media handles Patreon member backslash the millennieher podcast for all of this great content but like Cheryl said we are uh, debriefing on the weight by Divine Frankly, Megan Good, and Steve just Harvey. As, and just this date in life, because it's trash out here. But I had to come up with some facts, but let's get started <laughs> on some hot topics. Hot air. So hot air. So hot air. I did that challenge, actually. So what's the first hot topic, Ari? So we're, off. so we're going to go through this fast because everybody's well-versed in the hot girl of them all, which it seems is Lori Harvey. But definitely the latest of it all, of her dating, M- uh, well, I was going to say MBJ, Michael B. Jordan. Do we think this is a publicity stunt? Because that's what I'm finding over and over and over and over and over. I don't think so. Because he's he seems genuinely happy to me. They got pet names, Turtle and, and all. He's renting out aquariums. We've never really <laughs> seen... <laughs> We've never really seen. Oh my God! <laughs> One thing about no. Mike, about Michael B. Jordan, even oh though he's from North, and we all think we know him, Brat, Brick City. We've never we shout out North. We've never seen him really in love. Like, I mean, he's dated a couple With white a girls. Woman? He he dated even when he was dating them white girls. He never really he never posted them like that. It was we found that out because of the blogs. 
So I think he is genuinely much in love. He's in love. He's genuinely happy. You see them on vacation. All right. She, they're living their lives. And I mean, I, I low-key was hating, but I approve of it. And I'm I'm with it. You know who else approves of it? It seems is her stepdaddy, Steve Harvey. Um, I only mention him because uh, obviously he created that book, Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man, which mm -hmm. later turned into a movie movies. franchise. Um, and so I, you know, hope that I wanted to know what those what those conversations might have been that he shared with Lori about dating, you know, since he has his own memoir. What do you think? If we could, like, imper like impersonate him, what do you think that conversation was like? <laughs> like you know, his looks. <laughs> but he, like, he loved the Black Panther franchise, so Michael B. was always going to be, be a good with him. Compared to when she was dating Future, he, was, he probably was just shaking his head like, I'm going to just stay out of this one. <laughs> but one thing but I really love about Lori is in our past episodes we talked about toxic masculinity we talked about double standards and she is literally eliminating the double standards you know she's so just, boosie you need to be quiet <laughs> she's just living her life and you know dating and I mean so with with that like you said about you know, she's living her life to double standards. I wanted to ask you about that. Many people believe it is fact that men want a strong, independent chick, high standards, because that's signs of a keeper. But how does that, or how, ha why do you think that has seemingly dissolved into either one of two categories? That you're subjected to ridicule, being called a salad toss, a hoe, anything of that sort, or you are known to just, or they think you're going to just wind up alone and unmarried. I think it goes with this generation. This, if anything, this generation has taught us that the normal values is out of the window. You know, people don't even want to be in relationships. People, like baby boomers era, they were already married by the time they were like yeah. in their 20s. Compared to we, now. That's how we started. Yeah, compared to now Boy, where... Can we have that, it that's so true <laughs> that you brought that up but now I feel like millennials are defining themselves and they're laying the groundwork I'm, and then to think about it the future generation will even switch too on how they do things so, so I think it goes with millennial people not following the norm and wanting to define themselves like they don't have to be in a relationship or the pastime norm yeah and that and that's actually it's a good thing because that eliminates um social constructs like double standards and other things. But. but moving on um to something that will come up again. We have a guest. We have two guests uh coming up. It's a married couple. Uh they are going to be dropping gems on the idea of soulmates. So make sure that you stay tuned uh for later on in the show. But we definitely asked them about Harry and um well Prince Harry or ex Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Um that news obviously catapulted and dropped a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. But we wanted to just bring it back up and discuss what is the you know, what was the elephant, which was obviously them dealing with racism, um, the royal politics. But I ask you, just off the bat, one thing that stuck, stood out to me was that she didn't research dating him before, prior to dating him. So I wanted to know, do you believe her lack of research on his life should be placed for some blame in the fallout of their marriage against the royals? Because... Yeah, I don't, I don't want to put my opinion okay, on Okay, I don't I don't question. think so. I think that she knew what was up with the crown. I mean, they have so a So you think she was lying? Here no. Here's here's what I think. I think that I mean, there's a show on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, it's really good. The Crown. The royal family has been messed up for generations. And I feel like she knew that cuz look look what happened to his mom, but she didn't want to like 
judge her like she didn't want a cloudy judgment of Prince Harry. She I think she authentically really loves Prince Harry and she didn't want anything to cloud that judgment. So that's why she felt like, you know what, I'm not even going to look into it because I know I'm going to find some crazy But you things. just said she authentically loved him so she didn't research him. I'm talking about at the like, point like that she didn't know him. There's no love there. Oh, this is, okay, you're talking about prior. I, I'm thinking you're talking about when they were together and her researching like the title of what the crown and everything. But she knew, I mean, I'm to assume he, he disclosed he was a prince. Yeah, in their dating scene. So I'm not talking about when they were together. When they started dating, whether before they got exclusive, I'm saying she yeah. still didn't do her. her according research. to her, she didn't do her due diligence and research. I we think, do the most for let me like we do ahead, the most for our relate like for our situationships, our friends with benefits. We do so much research. We ask a friend. We do all of what. Uh, who wants to be a millionaire? We ask a friend. We do a poll. We like all of those things to figure out who the potential person is. So to believe that she didn't, um, I just say, if that is the case and you know that this has been around for generations, should you be blamed for it? Should she be blamed Look for it? Look at the media, though. The, media, the media doesn't portray. They don't they're not going to portray the negative things about the royal family. They're, they're only positive life. So she probably didn't do... I feel like she didn't do deeper research when it came to her actually becoming a princess and learning like the structure of the institution. But my question is, should she be blamed? I think, I think that... I wish she would have done her research. But what I is- think that if, you're, if, if he's going to leave his family for you... You know, but how, that how there may be some blame there. How do we know like that was even her intentions to for marriage? Because you I mean, it depends on the person. Some people are in dating to to marry. She probably was just dating Prince Harry just to date Prince Harry. And she didn't know. And she fell in love with him. And then she ended up being a princess. She I know for a fact. Well, I don't know for a fact, but <laughs> I'm saying like, yeah, I don't think she expected to be a princess. Okay, like she said, her friends introduced them. Well, let's switch them. gears a little bit. Since you said you don't think she expected to be this princess, we talk about all the things we want. Like we said when we first started, B Simone. We all know her. Some of us love her. Some of us don't. About manifesting who you want, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to play the rest of that clip. Binsky, can you start it up? Make that list of that perfect dream man that you got in your mind. Then, what I did, make a list of the type of woman he would need right by his side. You want him to be in shape? You need to get to the gym. Equally yoked, bitch. (laughs) You want him to be financially stable? Well, you need to start saving. Because you can't keep a job to your back. You want him to be a family man? Call your mama. You become a family woman. Heal your traumas before you put all this shit on him. You want him to be patient. Bitch, your patience is sin. You want him to be understanding. You the least understanding person in your circle of friends, but he got to be understanding. Fix you. Fix Fix you. you. (laughs) Whatever you want, become that. That's true. Yes, so that was really something that she did uh, months ago, but it really picked up a lot of traction on the blogs. And I want to know, uh, when it comes to manifesting your love, do we are we women holding other women ourselves to the same standard as men when it comes to preparedness in relationships? I don't think so. I mean, I think women hold women to standards, but I don't think men hold their... It really is unfair. I don't think men are checking men on the way they're acting. Um, 
But with women, we're so into, you know, self-care. We, we're we most likely, which I'll find the statistics for that. We go to therapy more than men. We heal our traumas, you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't, and it may be biased because I'm not a man. But I, from what I experienced, I don't see the men that I w- dealt with before like checking each other and being like yo you messed up you should do this you should do that when it comes to that question are women held to the same standard as men uh when it comes to preparedness i think we may not necessarily like when i think of that i think of when we think of the notion oh i'm bringing everything to the table what is the man bringing to the table you know Mm -hmm. i am the table you just the cloth (laughs) the utensils and whatever but it's like we set the stage. We set the tone. But well, why we, can't it just be both of us? I think society has trained us to think that the woman has to set the table. Why can't it be like if you want to be equally yoked? Like, I don't why think I know anybody who walked into a relationship like let's set the stage together? I'm gonna just be honest. Like it's always been, but, you know, what we want, and then the man follow. But I don't think we're held to the same standard. I think we can get away with a lot of things. But like B Simone said, we want you know, the guy to have all these things for us to even entertain them, you know, and then that leads to my next point about when it comes to, when it comes to those relationships, are you, are we, are most of our listeners and watchers the type to stick it out or take flight or, or, you know, is it a, a matter of, you know, that breaking point? Cause I feel like when it comes to social media and the time of millennial dating that we're discussing, mm-hmm. we look for any little thing that can qualify as maybe a yellow to red flag and we're just like what was yellow flags i never even knew yellow flags exist i didn't know green flags exist and then i recently saw it but if red flags exist how could that you know that's again another one of those double standards but are you just for personal are you the type to stick it out or you like as soon as you see something you out okay old charles i'll stick it out new charles (laughs) that has done the work and know what she want i'm out like once i see that one red like a couple red flags and I know what it's going to lead to, I check out ASAP. (laughs) I'm to say I'm the stick it out type. Uh, The Sagittarian in me is probably preemptively trying to take flight. (laughs) No, yeah, it's a bad thing. That's the toxic trait in me, Uh, but I'm working on it. But it's definitely one of those things to your earlier point moving forward in the conversation is when you said you know the work that you you know, have done. So the old shows versus the new shows, not the same ideal. So I ask you again, how did the term knowing your worth become a trigger warning for exiting relationships prematurely? I think with Or that- do you not think that that's actually a thing? Like, you know how when we people are like, I know my worth, so I'm not about to deal with this dude. I'm gonna just go to the next. But it kind of in that same breath sounds like, okay, I'm not going to really give this an honest try. I'm not going to really do it because I know who I am and I don't shouldn't have to give another chance. So I'm going to move on to someone else. I feel like when it comes to knowing your worth, you are not settling for less. So early on, I say the first six months. Okay. When you say settling for less though, what I'm saying is, I guess, what is that deciding factor of deciding that you don't want to help make it more. Why like why does it just have to stick with settling less as opposed to helping to build? But we've been doing that since the plantation. <laughs> and it's I'm I I'm not trying to get super, super deep. No, no, you know, no, I'm it's super not right. woke. But it's just like for how long do we have to carry someone on our back? 
like but why do we have that outlook it just goes like are we should we have that is what i'm saying in order to like you said be equal do why are we quick to be like we're carrying somebody by instead of changing our mindset that we're helping to build as opposed to we're settling for less i think it goes with experience if you dealt with a certain person that brought you the same things over and over again and you know where that's gonna lead to that's where red flags come in that's like your red flag. You have to really sit there and identify your deal breakers, what you are willing to work with and what you're willing to not work with. So when you come to, when you sit with yourself and you realize your deal breakers, that's when you'll know your worth. Cause you'll know like, okay, I can possibly deal with this. This doesn't affect me. Like this is something that we can work on. But if it's a deal breaker and you're just like, nah, there's no way, then you, you know, like, all right, this person isn't for me. I think that um, the term knowing your worth as to this question of becoming a trigger warning for exiting relationships prematurely, I definitely think that it has it started to get a negative effect when you're talking about uh, specific relationships because then it's like, oh, you know your worth, you think you're better or, you know, that kind of narrative on the other side. But I, like to your point, I do think it's that idea of, okay, because I know my, my worth, maybe you're not the person for me and it, and it's better that I leave it prematurely than I, you know, stick invest with it and be time. miserable. Or even just sit there and invest the time and do what you got to do. And then you know it's going gonna, it's gonna, to um, end up in a dead end. But speaking of investment, Cheryl's, um, I wanted to definitely talk about something else that caught our attention um, over the year uh, with the whole Chris Brown. It's like a little I'm a big snippet. Breezy fan. Um, big breezy yeah, but we know he's had some tumultuous relationships, um, and he's a he's a typist for sure. So, uh, Binsky, please play that track. CB, the ladies want to know: Are you single? I'm single with a girlfriend. What? Hold on! What the hell? 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 What the he said he's single with a girlfriend. And this episode, I don't have dun dun dun. I don't think I had that up here, <laughs> but that's definitely. Oh, hell no. Crazy. It's crazy because it's like the double standards, the investment. And um, for him to openly say he's single with a girlfriend, um, and that was right before Valentine's Day. And, you know, he has uh, two children by separate mothers, totally fine. But it's like, okay. How do you think the world currently views polyamorous relationships? That can mean throuples. That can mean, you know, threesomes. You know, what would you say? I don't think the world is... I mean, we're used to a certain norm of, of relationships. Whereas male and female, you know, we date until we're married if we have old ideals. So whenever you hear polyamorous, it's just like a trigger warning. Like, what? And you're just quick to shut it down. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I definitely think that the whole idea of polyamorous uh, relationships, you know, throuples even, um, have had a negative stigma. I think it's kind of turning around uh, over time because the Amish do it. I watch shows or, or, all the time. Or the Bible, <laughs> if you want to take oh, it all the way back. Biblical. But I ask that in the sense of 
to back to Chris Brown, it's like he didn't say he's in a throuple or anything, but it's kind of that notion of, you know, I'm I can still be free. I could do what I want. And I ask you, uh, Cheryl, do you believe that non-marital relationships within marriages or commitments can be regulated? You know, like, oh, if I if we were to be spinners, us. Uh, what? Swingers, swingers, as spinners, yeah, <laughs> swingers, or you know anything of that notion that you're adding another party into your you know union, you know can that be regulated or is that something we're looking forward to? You know Cardi B talks about it all the time. A lot of these artists and influ- affluent people that we look and look up to or Will whatever, yeah, Will and Jada, even though they don't want to admit it, it's like <laughs> these are the things that happen. So do you think it'll be regulated just like how all this clout chasing you know narrative works? I haven't seen anything successful, completely <laughs> successful. But I think it, it just it just depends on the person. Some people are just not with it, and that's cool. And some people are with it, and that's cool. And just like a relationship, when you tell the person what you want from the jump, you have to set the standards. So if that's a part of your standards, then that means that you both came to the conclusion that you're both with it, and you have to work through it. It's a great thing that you said work through it, Cheryl's, and being committed because we definitely have a guest coming up, two guests coming up, a couple that go by the rivers. They are uh, married. They're a young millennial couple, and they're here to share what it takes to get through a union. And we're also going to have a part four on this um, that'll be happening um, in in future episodes. And we're going to definitely discuss, you know, more relationship uh, topics. Pre-marriage. Pre-marriage. Yeah, pre-marriage, uh, prenups, uh, ab- abstinence from sex, uh, celibacy, all of that. So make sure that you continue to follow the Millennial Hair Podcast. But next, we have our guest, so stay tuned. This week's Black-Owned Business of the Week is paying homage to all of Divine Nine, uh, historically Black Greek letter organizations. We have a group of Black women from Strayer University, which is an online university based in Washington, D.C., and they've created a sorority of their own and a nonprofit called Sigma Chi Psi Sorority Incorporated. They were founded in 2020, and fellas, they even have a brother fraternity for you to kind of build that um, camaraderie uh, for online students. So make sure that you check out their nonprofit if that applies to you, maybe it's worth applying and let them know that the Millennial Her podcast sent you, right, Cheryl? Yep. All right. <laughs> Goodbye now. <Woo! laughs> so it wouldn't be a relationship episode or we wouldn't be doing it due diligence if we didn't have someone who are people who are walking the walk and talking the talk. So we have an uh, amazing married couple here um, joining us for this episode. We have Esther Lean and her husband, Jay Rivers. They tag team in uh, photography. They tag team in poetry, um, just overall relationship goals. So and, they're, let, and they're a millennial. They're in they're a millennial marriage. So yes, and parents. So and let's parents. welcome them. Hey guys! <laughs> Hi, you guys. Thanks for having us. Yes, thanks for introduction. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So let's dive right in, okay? Because so, y'all have sorry, Sean. I oh. want to just say this: y'all have like literally be odds in so many different fashions when oh. it comes to you know being young, uh, married couple parents, um, you know, just overall entrepreneurs. And so um, for this episode, we wanted to bring you on specifically to talk about none other than the idea of being having and finding your soulmate, right? Yeah. So 
I don't know if you guys, um, well, you probably didn't know this, but we were also discussing this book. I don't know if y'all can Aww, see it. <laughs> I actually have that book. <laughs> okay, yes. So The Weight, um, obviously Devon Franklin, Megan Good. Um, and there was a part in here about soulmates starting it off before we get into the questions. It was, do you remember the line, you complete me line from Jerry Maguire? Uh, Tom Cruise character says in the movie, but the idea that we need a soulmate to complete us and make us whole is troubling. So I wanted to know what, I mean, have you read the book fully or is it more so you've done I haven't, it's collecting dust right now. Okay. But <laughs> I plan on reading it soon. Okay. So just from that line though, what would you say, um, the whole you complete me, it kind of, do you think it just perpetuates the idea that we need somebody else to, you know, be be who we are so I don't like the term you complete me because I was already completed actually I wouldn't say I was completed but I'm on the process of being completed um with or without a partner I think for me it's more so a partner adds to my level of completion but I wouldn't say like he like just boom tied the knot and I'm completed now got you what are uh, your thoughts uh Jermaine I think she does complete me like, because Aww. there's a balance, like there's things that she's good at that I'm like terrible at and there's things, you know, and vice versa. But I think oh like God. she does complete me in a sense, like where it's like sometimes you can't go to sleep without that person, you know? Yeah. In that aspect. So since we're talking about. Cheesy, but. No, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so since we're talking about soulmates, I wanted to ask you guys, do you think that a soulmate should just only be in romantic spaces? No, I think soulmates, like, I think a lot of people put a lot of pressure on that word soulmate. Like, it's just this one thing that's going to make your life, like, just 100% better. I think soulmates can be found in different relationships. Like, for instance, like, I consider one of my friends to be like, yo, you're my friendship soulmate in that sense. And I consider, um, like, my partner to be my romantic soulmate. I consider, like, one of my sisters to be like, yo, like, you're like, you're that for me. So yeah. I think people put a lot of pressure on soulmate. Like it's indefinitely one person and that's it. I don't. You brought up a good point about it just being one person. Mm -hmm. Do yeah. you believe your soulmate has to also be the one? The, the one, one. Like, you know how like romantic soulmate yeah romantic soulmate. like if we're talking romantic do you think that your romantic mm -hmm. soulmate has to be the one that's a tough question i think for me my romantic soulmate happens to be the one but i don't know if that's like true for everyone because i've heard situations i've heard people talk about oh i had my soulmate but it was a wrong time right place yeah. i had my soulmate but the circumstances didn't align I have my soulmate, but X, Y, Z happened. So I don't know if it's the one, because what if your soulmate is like someone that's good for your soul, but maybe not good for like your life circumstances, what you're trying to accomplish, where you're trying to go. Maybe it doesn't align in that way. So I don't know if that is true, but I think I just got lucky, but yeah. I don't know if it's like, True for everyone. I don't know. I was just going to say that it's kind of like with the whole Joan and girlfriends. You know, she thought she found Brock. He was his, her yeah. soulmate. But then who was the other guy? I forget who she, she had. A, um, the one. Oh, it was um Ellis. And she mm -hmm. was like, he's the one. But Brock's my soulmate, et cetera. But yeah. we knew she had trouble. But yeah. the point is, is that <laughs> it wasn't the same, you know, situation. Yeah. So I think I, I agree with you. Um, I was just having this conversation. And I don't know if I believe that the soulmate is the one I think I had that idea but I mean after reading this book 
I feel like, and I feel like you'll enjoy based off of your answers that, you know, if he, if this person isn't the one and you do move on in dating, God or your higher being shifts the people yeah, and grow what, them. I, I think it's more like, the one. I think it's more because imagine if you have like a soulmate and like, like imagine you think you're soulmate in Jersey and then now you feel like you can't move out of Jersey. You want to go to like Paris or something. You will meet that one in Paris too. I think wherever you go, you just kind of like, it's it just, should. it will happen. And <laughs> it, all, it also um, weighs in with growth too, because you could yeah. be yep. in one sp- particular part of your life and then you shift to the next one and you meet someone else. Exactly. And um, I wanted to ask you guys, how can you determine a soulmate? How m- how many might you encounter in life? I want to hear this from Jermaine. I don't know that about y'all, but I want to hear this from him. <laughs> I don't know because it's like, I feel Come like on. you determine the soulmate by just like off that connection off the bat. Like you might you ever meet somebody and you feel like you've known them your whole life? Yeah. yeah. Like they complete your sentences, like they <laughs> like the same things as you. You know, like yeah. I don't know. Like to me, that's what I feel like. Cause I besides her, I never really like I had I never had no other soulmate. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I never had a friend that was like a soulmate. With guys, I feel like it's different. We don't say soulmate. We just like, oh yeah, that's my brother, or you know, that's my best friend. But when I met her, I knew she was the one. Like, I knew that was my soulmate. So just off of, like, our experience, what I can say is, like, right off the bat. like Just, I just chemistry knew. and connection. Yeah, like, Got the you. intuition. It was just strong. It was there. But you know? to play devil's advocate with the whole what we said about you could change your circumstances and potentially find the one in that, in that idea. When we ask the question about how many might you encounter in a lifetime, are you saying that you can, you know, depending on the chemistry, that can be your soulmate still? Like, what would you say? What would be your answer? Or what, what are the rules behind yeah. a soulmate? Because it can't just be, commu- you know, connection. Right. I build connection I was, with my bank teller. That don't mean that's exactly what I was about to say. I think for me, it's like, I think it's less about chemistry because I, I always say, like, if you put, like, 10 people in a room, you're probably going to, like, you know, connect with one person at least in the room. So I usually don't base it off chemistry because chemistry is just personality, similarities, whatever, that works out. Mm-hmm. I think, like, a way that I would determine a soulmate is just, for one, I think, like, I do believe that you just kind of know in your heart, like, your intuition, like, is, like, deep down below, like, surface, but I think aside from just like that idea of just knowing, I think it's just having that person or knowing that person that no matter what happens, like that unconditional, like, I will still have love for you. Like, there's some people that I like you right now, but if you do this, like, I will dead that, you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but there's other people, like a soulmate where it's like, like, unconditionally, I will always have love for you. Like, whether it's like, whether we stay together or not, the love won't die ever. And I think that's what kind of is the role of yeah. soulmate. Okay, so That's switching good. gears, like you said about the soulmate I, um, and what it takes, it's kind of similar to what, again, with this book or just in, you know, learning and wisdom and experience, I've we've come to understand that the keys to a successful marriage uh, would be a combination of things, but definitely communication, respect, loyalty, uh, fidelity, uh, being a provider, your support system, you know, et cetera, but... I think it when it comes to the idea and the actual execution of it, the two don't always, I mean, you know, align. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I want to know from you, how can spouses truly put those keys to marriage in action in order for it to be successful? 
Well, I'll, I'll answer. I'll let you answer. I think, first of all, you are 100% right. Marriage is hard as H double. I don't know if I can say hell, but hell. Okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay to hell. Um, and not hard. Like it's unbearable. Like, oh my God, I'm drowning. But I think that when it comes to like actually executing what you said you'd execute, I think it just becomes more like, damn, I really got to communicate when even yeah. I don't feel like, I feel like it. it. So yeah. I think just the key to marriage is for one patience because the person is not going to change overnight. And to be honest, like you married that person, you knew who that person was. So you kind of have to like work through some things with them. And I think another key to marriage is definitely forgiveness because um, like, even I can say like, he irks my nerves. Like even this morning, I wasn't even talking to him. I'm going to be honest. I mean, it sounded <laughs> like it. He said he ain't had breakfast. So I kind of <laughs> yeah, got okay. it. Okay. Okay. I said that. I'm like, you sure did. <laughs> I hear but, you. So, but I think it's just the key of like, just learning like, okay, I'm mad at you right now, but let's not prolong this. Let's not let this yeah. over, like overcome us. We will like, it's like, it's okay. That's why I think sometimes people go into marriages like so with these like, high expectations. They take it so deep, and it's like, oh my god, if he does this, like I just can't fathom life. Like, no, you would just change. Move through it, yeah. work through it. If it's not something like fidelity or abuse or stuff like that or other stuff, but okay. Yeah. So I want to personally switch gears to family when it comes to your extended family, your in laws. Um, a couple months ago, the whole Meghan Markle and Prince Harry it exploded with their Oprah interview. And I wanted to know, do you believe they handled their departure from their family fairly when it came to them leaving the crown? Mm. You said, do I think they handled it fairly? Yeah, like, did did they do it? Did they go about I, it the right way? Or with the whole thing about shocking the queen and, yeah, you know, yeah. not talking to the family for a while, you know, with the marriage. I mean, again, to I'm come I'm to understand that family plays a big part. I mean, it stops, you know, men from taking yeah. that next step if, you know, the mama don't like you or, yeah, you yeah. know, the reversal effect. So that's why we're asking, do you think how they exited, you know, would hit, you know, will still right. be okay in their marriage or what will it take to be okay if yeah. that's not your opinion? I mean, I don't think he's that familiar with the whole thing, but I watched the whole thing. Like, I, I seen it and I watched it, whatever, based off like what I know. I think that they handled it fairly and I think they handled it how I probably would have handled it and how I would have expected my husband to handle it. I think, um, as Ariel said, that marriage does play like a big, I mean, not marriage, but in-laws and stuff um, do play a big role in it, but I think they did what they could. They did what they felt was best at the time, and that's all you can really ask people to do. Like, I would have done, I feel like I probably would have, I probably would do the same thing. I would definitely did, like, I would just been over them. <laughs> so how hard is it to maintain a family relationship while in a relationship or marriage with someone if they don't get along with their family? So like, if, is if the relationship should, doomed if it doesn't, doesn't, you know, if y'all don't click Right off the bat, what would that take? I mean, I don't think it's zoomed. Like, I don't think it's I don't think it's zoomed. I think it really comes down to the people in the relationship and how they're supporting each other through that and how they're walking each other through that. Cause let's say if his mom, God forbid, didn't like me, it would he would have to be the person that kind of leads that relationship forward. The bridge. the bridge between that. I find that sometimes if the partner is like just a backseat, it will make things worse and it can doom the relationship. But I think that it's not doomed just because it doesn't work out like with the family. I think family is an extension of a marriage, but it doesn't necessarily mean it is the marriage. Like if this doesn't work with me and X, Y, Z, then we can't work. I don't think that's true. Well, we thank you so much yes. for joining us and just letting 
people know that there's hope out there to find a soulmate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. or different even that it can be okay. You can still find someone, even if they aren't your soulmate. It's just a matter of assessing, you know, what's important to you and being very firm in your values. Yep. I think yeah. it's what, you know, you both collectively said over the course of the interview. So we thank you so much. Um, if, if, uh, you know, is there any way we could support your, you know, uh, respective businesses? This is your time yeah. to, uh, promote that now plug plug yeah so i am a photographer so i would love if you guys whoever's listening can find me on instagram and book okay i have bills this month in general um you can find me on instagram at rivers photo official um so yeah and well i'm in the fundamental stages with my business you know i'm just starting off but um can we know what the business is soon rivers uh tow and transportation okay That's needed. All right. If if I want anybody to tow my car on a street cleaning day, I want it to be a black (laughs) owned business. Exactly. (laughs) And I'm I'm going to reach out to you to book because graduation is coming soon. All right. Well, uh, definitely follow the rivers. Um, thank you again for joining. And y'all heard it. It's possible to be in a, a productive, a successful relationship, marriage union. So you just got to be invested with your partner and hopefully it will all work out. So thank you for thank joining you us. Guys so much. Thank you for having us. So this episode, we dropped a lot of gems. We got to dive into deeper topics about relationships because, you know, dating life right now is super trash. Um, We appreciate our guests for weighing in. Please make sure you continue to follow us, subscribe to us for our our content. Um, Definitely support us with Patreon, our Cash App, our website. Join our mailing list so you can know all the the details of when we drop. And... Yeah, tune in to the next episode. Like Cheryl said, we unpacked it a lot. Um, as far as relationships and millennial dating goes, um, it is it is uh, definitely a journey. Uh, and uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, hopefully, all of what we said today will resonate with you and your girls and your guys um, at home or in your circles. And make sure that whatever you have in commentary, you... Um, come and follow the millennial her podcast or check it back in with us and leave commentary because we want to hear what y'all feel and y'all views on the topic so until next time we out cheers millennial her podcast This season on the Millennial Hair Podcast, we're talking all things I Got Five on it, the marijuana business and how it's been booming. We're also going to teach you how to build multiple streams of income and have loads and loads of guests. So make sure that you stay tuned.